Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in, over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yep. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. Um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today is you know is something that that's close to to my heart, close to Dave's. I mean, it's a big part of you know how Evertrack became really. Um, you know, in 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 terms of how we operate and. And, and the way we like to do things. And yeah, we, we were, over the last few weeks, we were thinking about what we wanted to do today. We were actually going to do it last week, but obviously, and apologies that we weren't here, obviously just getting over COVID. Um, and, but it was about talking about, you know, local guides and, and, and the power of a local guide. Um, I know that sounds a bit, a bit weird, but it's, it's almost, you know, why we use local guides instead of, you know, Western leaders, you know, instead of us going on trips, which, you know, mm-hmm. You know, we know there's companies out there that do, um, but we've always, you know, been really passionate about using local support and, and local knowledge, and that stemmed from right. Let's talk about that a bit more. I know, you know, I'm not sure we've really delved deep into some of the the, the finer reasons on why we do it. Yeah. Um, and that's what we thought we'd talk about today, Dave, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, as I know, many of the many of you guys all know, and I'm pretty sure as mm. um, Morag and Koa are experiencing now that. Yeah. Um, the guy, the guys really do make, make a trip, you know, yeah. they are, um, I remember the first time that I ever went to Everest base camp, um, way back in 2016, um, and the guide really made it for me, you know, because they, you yeah. don't just need someone to show you from A to B, you need someone to kind of ingratiate you in the world, the culture, the people, the experience, and, um, it amplifies it, you know, and, um, and that's why we don't, so. yeah we get asked you know why don't you guys lead the trips and well yeah because you don't need someone just to show you from a to b you know you need someone to sh- you know you need to experience a to b and that's something yeah. that i just think that no um nice. you know no no foreigner is able to do as well as the guides that actually live there yeah and, you know um and it is their life so yeah, that's what I think we'll talk about. And what, what does that entail? What does experience in A to B? <coughs> that's a really good way of saying it, actually, Dave. I didn't think of it like that. But you're right. Like, yeah, experience in it rather than just literally going, okay, we're going to go here next. We're going to go here next. We're going to go here. 
And uh, that is, that's a good point. Uh, namaste to Alan. Uh, namaste, mate. Nice to see you on. Football is well. And But a big part, and we were talking about this just before we come on, and actually it's something that we, maybe it, we, it's hard to quantify, but essentially when you go on a trip, when you, you know, think about why we go to places. Um, we were thinking if, if you, all you do is, is you go to, say, Nepal with someone, say, from the UK, and then you, you're, all you're doing then is learning about those mountains from the person in the UK. I was thinking, it's true, actually, because although that's great and it, and it does work, but do you really get to learn about the local culture when actually all you're doing is talking to someone about the mountains from someone you, from where you just come from? Yeah. I don't think you grow as a person. I think traveling and adventure travel certainly is about, you know, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. That can be physical, but it can also be cultural as well. Going away from the UK to somewhere you haven't been before and learning about the people there. Yeah. And I think that you grow as a person. I think I know. I know. We, we always talk about okay, they're they're really knowledgeable. You know, they've climbed Everest. They've done this. They've done that. But actually, about experiencing, getting to know the local culture, and becoming friends with some of them people. You know, and which which happens a lot on our trips. Um, it's something that's not talked about, but I think it's really important, and 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 something that we just yeah we, we never talk about really, do we, Dave? Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sound broke a record now. <laughs> no, no, no. It is. Um, yeah, we don't talk about it, but we should talk about it because it is. Yeah. Is a, it is an amazing experience. One of the um, one of the things that I thought um, I just spotted Paul Dewhurst has asked a very good question. I'm going to tag hey. that later. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I think really does change people's experiences is so if I or you went on the trip with the with the the Ever Trackers to Nepal and yeah. someone's bag didn't turn up at the airport, and then I arranged to go to a shop and get some stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a good thing to do, and it's it's what we would do. But does it have the same impact as when you arrive in that country, your bag hasn't arrived, and the guy who's there to pick you up, he's a local, um, yeah. he lives in Kathmandu, and he picks you up, takes you to <clears> the <throat> shops, gets you some toiletries, gets you some clothes, gets you some stuff to last, and then follows that up with, you know, when the guy says to him, thank you very much, and he says, listen, you're a guest in my country, here on your own yeah. without your family whilst you're here i am your family yeah, yeah and the impact of that versus scenario one is priceless you know yeah. and that's the type of kindness and experience you get from people who are passionate about their country who want you to experience the best of what they have to offer yeah. and are not just a tour guide you know yeah exactly and it's and, and one thing i you know we don't want to do here today is is kind of like poo-poo on the western leaders because we like there's some great like amazing guides amazing oh, yeah. i hear kenton cool awesome. all right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. Kenton, yeah, we all we all have big respect for kenton cool and what he's achieved um and i'm sure even he would say that you know he, you know he wouldn't be where he was if it wasn't for the things he learned off you know his local sherpa his local guides um you know and learning about when he first went to nepal i'm sure you know, he'd, th he'd learn more about the country by using someone local rather than if he was first taken there by someone from his country, you know? Yeah. Um, but it goes, does go to sh it goes to show that, you know, you can learn a lot and you can, you know, become someone like Kenton Cool, who, who's obviously one of the best mountain guides in the world, um, certainly from the UK. You know, there's other ones like like John Gupta, um, you know, who's, who's, who's an amazing mountain guide from the UK as well, you know, if, if, if you climb the mountains. He's, he's great. We were talking to... Stuart Haddon yesterday, weren't we? On um, we was uh, we recorded a, a new podcast episode um, with yep. Stuart Haddon, who did the 
summits of fire trip uh, back in february he's going back in three weeks and we wanted to chat to him about the ring of fire um and he had actually been guided by john gupta um i think um was it on elbrus um before uh, before lockdown and and he was talking about obviously using the west leader and, and obviously then on our trips he's been using um you know our guides in ecuador and it was great just to to kind of chat openly with him and, and how it went and obviously john gupta you know, i've met him he's a really nice guy for some charity events um you know and i think he summited uh kanchen Junga last week um you know which was which was awesome um but yeah they, they, and i'm sure again with a person like john you know he, the first time he went to nepal he 100 percent would have been um uh you know met you know guided by local support and learn off local support that's that's kind of the the, the way it's done isn't it the way that we think yeah. it should be done personally yeah exactly and i, I just think that you know there's a reason you know we <coughs> to run western leaders with our tours yeah or we could not and we have to look at the pros and cons and i think the one of the big big reasons why we choose to use pretty much local local work all the time yeah. is the benefit it gives those economies you know and those families and things like that that every single person um, when you arrive from nepal when you arrive in tanzania or morocco wherever you land yeah. Um, from the person that picks you up to the airport, to the hotel staff, to the people that serve you the food, to the porters that carry your bag, to the guide that leads yeah. the way, they're all local in that community, you know, and you're not yeah. just supporting them, you're supporting their families, um, everything. And when you think of the impact that we can have, the positive impact we can have, I mean, mm -hmm. those drivers, you know, then you've got, uh, you, could just keep, you could just break it down. If we employ a local driver, that yeah. means that, you know, there's some local garage somewhere that's looking after that car. That car's been purchased somewhere. So it can be the the ripple effects that that has is far wider than just the Evertrek circle. <coughs> um, and yeah. one of the things that I'll never forget when I was on Tanzania and I was chatting to one of the guides and as I just got down from Kili and he said, oh, thank you so much. And please tell your customers that Kilimanjaro is very easy um, because <laughs> we want to take more people back up. You know, yeah, and, um, I remember that. Yeah, that passion for, um, you know, for wanting to help people and wanting yeah, people yeah. to come and experience their country. And please don't put them off. And uh, ever yeah, since then, I've told people, Killy, easier than Penavan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what you tell people, Dave. And then when they get there, they're like, Dave, you told me it was like Penavan. No, no. Yeah, it's too late then. It's not like Penavan. <laughs> it's too late. Um, <laughs> um, at all. But no, no, it is great. But no, no. It's, it's it's interesting hearing about it and you know i know we we talk about nepal a lot you know obviously because that's where you know things started for us but we you know when we're we're also talking about experiences like in tanzania like with yesi god willing um it was a it was a really nice guy great name as well god willing um and then you know like we had mohammed and ibrahim on tupcal only four weeks ago yeah <clears throat> and you kind of get a feel <clears throat> i remember i mean well, let's talk about morocco i know it's not not that long ago when we yeah, were walking we through I know. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Don't worry. I want no, 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 no stabs in the back today. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I promise. <clears throat> but when we were walking through Imlil, and then you've got your, your guide, and he's talking to you about, you know, um, you know, the trip, and almost just, just giving you, okay, this is what's going to happen. And he walks through the village, and everyone's saying hello. You know that he knows everyone, and then he stops in the shops, and he says, "I'll be, I'll be two minutes." And he goes in there, and he's, um, you know, because it was Ramadan, and he and he did his call, you know, did his prayer, and then came back out and. You know, even just moments like that, it kind of um, almost, not on a cultural level, I'm trying to find the words, 
but for me, I, I don't know about you, Dave, I certainly felt like I was getting like a heck of an experience, just, just being a small part of their journey as well. Yeah, no, um, I, um, Mohammed know? is my boy. You know, he was the, yeah. one of the guides on our trip as well. And man's an absolute legend. He's crazy. You know, he's, 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 well, he's known to be the crazy guide, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's known to be the crazy guide. He's, yeah, he is, he is the band of brigade. I love him. He he's, I mean, both of them, Ibrahim and Mohammed were great. Yeah. But for some reason, Mohammed felt like me and him were cut from the same cloth. <laughs> and um, there was a point when we, um, obviously, yeah, I had to uh, turn around on Tupcal because of, we won't go into why. <laughs> but uh, anyway, on my way down, it was quite funny. Um, Mohammed was like, get me through this little sketchy bit. And he was like, yeah, hey, David, he was really worried about me. And then once we were on the safety bit, we were taking the mick out of each other on the way down. You know, I'm pretty Brilliant. confident. He said, uh, "Dave, Dave, it's easier to climb with without this." <laughs> and, and, wow. I, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, that's that's true enough." That's <laughs> but, uh, you know that I love that sort of banter and um, he, yeah, he's, he's, like, he's a kind-hearted man. And um, yeah, he uh, yeah, he's and I don't know. I just think that that level of experience and that rapport yeah. that you can get with those people. I mean, that Mohammed's a friend for life now. And he, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I know you're looking to go back, you know, pretty pretty soon, Dave, aren't you? I mean, maybe to do the longer route, but certainly just to, you know, I, I, you mentioned you had un, unfinished business, as you said. Well, I've thought about it since, and I was going to go back and then do um, the eight day, but I'm not. I've got yeah. to set the board the same way. <laughs> I know that's ego, and it shouldn't get in the way, but I know yeah. that under normal circumstances, I could do the, I can, I can summit to Cal. Um, yeah, yeah. I just need to go there and. Um, Oh, is that? I think someone could think they can hear the ever dog. No, that's, <laughs> Jerome, that's my neighbor's dog. I'm going to shut the window a bit. There we go, Dave. You're going to get warm now. Yeah, I know. That's wow, that is good. Know. That is good soundproofing. I got to be honest. That was literally like oof, zero noise to zero. But mate, triple blazing, isn't it? Triple <laughs> um, um, yeah, but no, we, um, we got Carrie who's tuning in from Namche. Yeah. Oh, mate, look, Carrie, awesome. I hope you have an awesome trip. Um, love seeing all the Evertrek stickers and groups. Ah, yeah, great, mate. I hope you had a good time. Um, yeah, just let us know how how the how did you find the um, how did you find the trip? How, how, how difficult was it? Um, you know, how was your experience? How was your guide? You know, how's things been with that? You know, we're talking about guides today. Yeah, um, who was, remind us who was your guide again? Um, and yeah, yeah, just tell us a bit more about your experience. Yeah, it's always good to to hear, yeah. isn't it? Shona uh, said, um, <laughs> "Another North Face T-shirt, Dave." Listen, just because Andy's gone Patagonia, I need to go Patagonia. <laughs> yeah, this is a North Face one. Look, it's got um, uh, Half Dome. This that's, a cool, that's a cool T-shirt, actually, Dave. Yeah, but, mate, if I do this, see if you can spot the problem with it. You ready? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I could... is, that, is that a hole? That's a giant hole. Wow. Um, is this it... one hasn't got one, but that one's got a bit of a hole in it, see? Well, but, I know um... what I'm getting you for, for your next, um, for Christmas now. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's but do you know what? I am the type of guy like I love t I love scab like scabby old t-shirts are my favourite man. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll mow the lawn in this one. I'll paint a house and then I'll wear it to you know on the Tuesday tune-in. <laughs> Dave Shona says you need a pay rise. Shona, right into the management. See what they say. <laughs> um, no, and I, Karen's I, got I, a good idea. Get get your needles out, Dave. That's that's good. That, exactly. Nah, nah, yeah. I, you, I, that's repairable. That's repairable. I, I mean, it's one of those where I. I could get a free T-shirt anytime I ask, just by telling Andy I need some work T-shirts. But um, <laughs> that's I can't, I can't, I can't. He doesn't wear it. He prefers wearing North Face. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like I know they're like they're they're, they're in 
keep in with what we do for a living. But they're exactly. also relative, you know, they're not like the, the highest quality t-shirts. But um, I'd rather buy Patagonia. I've got a couple Patagonia t-shirts, but um, yeah. that's it now. That's the death of the North Face on the Tuesday tune-in. It is. Um, that is it now. It's just Patagonia. I, I, I don't know why. I, I quite enjoy wearing uh, wearing this. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, great to see. Great to see some of the comments. I, I love this. Where is it? Have you found Mick Hamilton yet and dragged him out of the bar? Oh, mm-hmm. Mick. Yeah, Mick's on his way down. He um, summited Island Pete the other day. Absolute legend. I dropped him with, with Alex Bailey as well. Yeah, dropped really? him and Alex. Yeah, they absolutely smashed it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, Drop him. Oh, I have dropped him a message, but I think he's in the Irish bar in Namche, so um, I, I don't expect I'll hear back. Namche's got him now. Well, no, no, he'll, uh, I'm sure he's, he's enjoying himself, keeping hydrated, and again, probably enjoying himself with the with the guides. But yeah, go, going back, Dave. I know we, we've had some questions coming as well, which is great. Well, and we will come to them, guys. Um, yeah, we do drop any questions in there about anything at all. If it's to do with guides, great. Um, if it's to do with anything else, even if it's Mandel Bhutan's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, drop them in the comments. That's what we're we're here for as well. But yeah, going back to the guides, and you know, I know we've talked about okay, you know, um, some of the things we learn about ourselves. But then when we come to, to choosing local guides, I know we we talked about supporting the local communities, supporting the families, which you know is is big. Rather than you know, again, keeping the money in the UK, for instance, we we, we it goes to the local economies, right? That you know, by employing, yeah. Local guides, that is a big, big factor. But an- another one, you know, and I know we, we've talked about this a lot, but the, the experience and the expertise, the knowledge, which I think comes comes under all, uh, uh, one umbrella, if you like, you know, the knowledge, the expertise, the experience of trekking and, and knowing how to help people at altitude. Um, because sometimes, and I've heard this, you know, just feedback that we've had, because, you know, we're always trying to keep, you know, our ear to the ground, listen from what people are saying on the trip about quite a lot of um, other companies, you know, and, I, and again, my, our aim here isn't to talk how bad other companies are. Other companies are great. We just want to talk about, you know, as, as just talk about it openly. And, you know, one thing we, we do here on the ground is that sometimes they get a leader, but they haven't done the trip before. They're there leading the trip, but they haven't been there before. And, and that happens a lot. And I, I'm like, wow, I could never, that's strange for me, you know, because if I'm leading a trip, I mean, and, and this is just something I've heard. I, I'd want them to experience how they manage people at altitude, you know, how they, they almost like we've been with guides, Dave, and, and we know yeah. air trackers are looked after by guides. They'll spot if you're ill even before you do. <laughs> you know, yeah. they'll be looking at what you're doing. <clears throat> they'll be looking at how you're talking compared to how you were talking maybe in Lukla, yeah. how you're talking on your acclimatization yeah. day. And, yeah, on your finger. Use oximeter. Yeah, exactly. Dave, you've been testing your oxygen levels. Uh, uh, do, do you know what? Just out of curiosity, this is where, this, this sits <laughs> exactly in my, the COVID. Yeah, this sits in my trekking bag anyway. So anytime I go yeah, about, yeah. dude, I always bring one. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever used this one. Um, I think I just threw it in my bag, but um, I put it in and I, uh, I'll, see, I'll see what it's like. Come on, I'll update everyone in a minute. Nice, um, nice. But yeah, just because of COVID, I was just curious. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, things like that, though, Dave. Right, like the the the, the things that they almost the unsaid things because of their experience that Im- influences your trip can mean the difference between 98 getting there and not getting there. Right. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. 98%. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it can mean that di- it can mean all the difference. Yeah. And sometimes what these guides do, um, and I've seen it in different groups where maybe they're not getting the support that they need. Sometimes, yeah. um, and one of our good friends, uh, James, a.k.a. Papa Tembo, 
um, yeah. when we were going up Kilimanjaro. Now, he struggled, I think partly because he'd got off a plane from Vegas and went to climb <laughs> Killy with no training. But anyway, um, yeah. on summit night, um, he was, you know, just I just really low on energy and struggling to keep forward. And some, and he yeah. said it to me. He said, sometimes it's just that pat on the back. You're all right, mate. Yeah, I'm here with you. You're safe. Let's keep going. And he said, it's like just that empathy from <clears throat> that you've only just met that now means so much to you and yeah. has helped you and informed you and educated you and is now making sure you get to the summit and down safely. Um, yeah. And I don't know, it's something that those guys have. You know, they got that X factor, um, these yeah. guys, that they're, they're just fantastic. Um, X factor, really? Well, X factor or Eurovision? Oh, yeah, Eurovision happened recently. <laughs> so I just I just mentioned that. Mona, uh, does anyone think Dave looks like the guy of Eurovision? Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. Dave, you didn't watch Eurovision, did you? No. No, <laughs> I've never watched Eurovision. Not that I wouldn't. I, I'm, uh, I'm nothing against it. I've just never really watched it. I don't. I mean, I don't know I, why. I've I've watched it ever since. Probably every year. I mean, okay, I missed it for because I was busy or something. But yeah, like we, I've had some Eurovision parties. I actually really enjoyed this one. Yeah. I don't know everyone else. It was it was nice to see the UK not get nil point, which was brilliant. But um, yeah, really enjoyed this year. Not just because UK done well. Obviously, you know, Ukraine um you know one which was which was great as well wasn't it just to, you know from what they're going through yeah. but yeah it was just it was quite entertaining it was uh it was good and dave yeah you, you you could easily present that that show mate easy really yeah you could yeah you're very european well yeah. could, as long as you wear those glasses yeah if i don't wear, if i take them off i said the iq goes down by at least 50 Andy? you know what i mean yeah <laughs> but um yeah Brilliant. so what i was going to say um one thing I wanted to do, and I'll jump in and answer, I'm not sure if we're there yet, but I'll answer Paul Dewhurst's yeah. question because he said, why don't we use um, female guides and porters? And it's, yeah, really it's a good question. question. And I'll be honest with you, it's not that we don't use them. Um, we I, we do on Kilimanjaro. Um, yes. On Kilimanjaro, there's far more um, you know, women uh, that are doing that type of job. In Nepal, I think part of it is a cultural thing. You know, Family is a yeah. big thing in Nepal, and having a family is a big thing. So generally speaking, these guides have wives and children, um, and it's just the nature of things that the, they'll stay at home and, and look after the house and keep the home farm going um, yeah. and do all the work and graft around the house while the, the, the guy will go off and work outside of the home. Generally speaking, that's how these sort of things work. I've met one or two female guides um on the Everest base camp trek there's not yeah we did yeah, yeah. but i we'd, we'd welcome them with open arms you know if um yeah. if it, it's just a question of uh finding them that and want to do it and things like that but um yeah i would love to see more um more right there i think it's on, certainly growing isn't it um yeah the number of, of ladies on there now because I, I, yeah we've seen a couple of times i know in yeah in, in tanzania we we've had well we had a couple of uh, female porters didn't we yeah um yeah. who were who were you know carrying a lot of the gear yeah, she, um, was, she was working to uh, open like um, like a, a a restaurant type thing. The thing she wanted to open. Like right. Yeah, so she was doing the porter in to earn money, um, and then she was going to open some kind of um, little restaurant and stuff like that in Moshi. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's um that's amazing. You know, I think all power to her. And when I was talking to Yessi, um, our head guide, and I mentioned yeah. to him, I said, "Oh, it's really good. You've got um, you know, some girls on your team actually." Yeah. you know, working their way up. And he was so proud of that fact, you know, that he wanted to support everyone in the community 
um, anyone that wanted to work and that was capable and willing to do the job, um, he was happy to do it. And one thing we're we're very conscious of as well is that obviously the porters are like contractors, the guides are like yeah. on staff, um, and the guides yeah. choose their own team. And but one thing we're very conscious <laughs> of is that we want everyone to kind of have an upward trajectory, you know. Yeah. So if they come in as a porter. Um, you know, they they can learn English skills and they'll continue yeah. with their education and then maybe go on to do guides and do all those qualifications. And yeah, but going back to it, I would uh, I would love to have some. I mean, it's the thing is, but I think with Nepal, when you think that um, like a like a housewife isn't like uh, perhaps a Western housewife, generally speaking, there's usually a farm that has to be worked yeah. and grafted and animals that have to be looked after and the house has to be maintained and the children have to be raised. So um, arguably, um, it's a harder job, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's you know, again, we go back to the cultural side. You know, I think one thing we, one thing we've learned, you know, is you know, just to be transparent with you guys, Nepal is is catching up in terms of um, how how women are in society. Um, you know, it's it's growing. Like you know, you've seen the other day. Um, I forgot the lady's name now, but she uh, I think it was the uh, the the Sherpa. Um, a female Sherpa who climbed Everest for the 10th time. I can't believe I've forgotten her name. Um, but she, you know, is, is, is a hero in the pool. Lakpa, amongst... Lakpa, that's it. Yeah, 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 I think you're right. And she, you know, to climb it 10 times is amazing. But, you know, there shouldn't, obviously not, not to go too deep into it, but, you know, there shouldn't really be a difference. But in, in, in Nepal, there is, um, you know, because culturally they are catching up with the Western world in terms of, um, you know, how females are in the world um you know obviously in, in in the uk you know we know it's it's very very similar there's no difference you know when you know what well, we like to think that way anyway um obviously and sometimes there, there can be um you know but in nepal it's it's visibly different you know it's definitely like it was maybe 70 years ago you could even go back that far would you agree dave <laughs> yeah i think that it depends in you know where you are like i think obviously in <laughs> lots of places in Kathmandu and and, yeah. and more modernized areas and things like that that it is yeah. very it, it you know we, we've seen business owners and architects and lots of different people i think it's more in the <coughs> rural areas um you know in terms of like education and things like that um it's still sort of spreading out but honestly um as far as we're concerned i think we're happy yeah. to push and and get more um yeah, inclusivity in our in our guide team. I've just noticed something Sophie her said and comment about uh, her guide. Yeah, Bal, hey Sophie, Bal Kumar, awesome Sophie. Yeah, I was following oh, you on social media. I saw you get there. Bal's an amazing guy. We call him the Bruce Lee guide. Um, he's one of the most yeah, strong best guys we have. Um, yeah, amazing. And um, yeah, she says that she started to feel a little bit ill before base camp, um, but he kept an eye, reassured her, and then got her to base camp and completed the trek. Awesome. That's the difference, you see. I think it, that, it makes a heck of a difference, doesn't it? You know, if you go to bed, everyone has a little bit of anxiety when they're in the Himalaya or on Kili and they're not feeling great. They want to continue and they want to do it. But having a guy tell you you're okay means at least when you go to bed, you're reassured, you know? Yeah. And they know because, you know, they know. They've got the experience, that depth of knowledge. Yeah. Al's awesome as well. Like, yeah, he's he's great. He's just a fun guy as well, isn't he? I know that, um, you know, I've met Bound numerous times. Um, but we, I think we, we were on going to Everest Base Camp and we had, uh, was it the, uh, I think it was seven uh, Evertrackers going on the Three Peaks, Three Passes route. I think Bal was yeah, guiding that. He was, yeah. And then we, we kind of caught up with them in Lobuche. Do you remember? We were, 
kind of coming down and, and they were having some lunch because they they just come over from show la pass yeah and then they were like this bal he is he, he he's amazing like he's like their hero it was and you know just to to you know we, we'd only left them probably four or five day, days earlier but they've gotten over those four or five days they've been through a lot he'd obviously been caring for them um managing over the high passes and it was just nice to hear that kind of stuff yeah um you know we we knew what sort of guy bal was he's amazing that's why he's he's guides for us because he's you know, we trust him explicitly, and he's great at managing individuals through difficult experiences. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like Dave said, there are times you're not feeling great. There are times that you're feeling, you know, I can I do this? You know, can I go on? Am I have I reached the end? You know, should I turn around? But you know, when you've got good guides, they can they can help you through that and overcome it. And he's as fit as they come. I heard that uh, he yes. ran up. I heard he ran up Chola at one point. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, the guy, he's he's an absolute beast. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, more questions. So, question yeah, yeah, Dave, from, yeah. Uh, uh, from Jerome. Um, can Jerome, guys, can guides help you at the airport if something goes wrong, isn't right, nothing, etc.? Uh, generally speaking, yeah, but it may um, yeah. it may not be the guide who actually helps you. So, as you arrive in country or when you, um, generally speaking, a bag's not missing. That's pretty much the only thing that can go wrong. It'll be the um, wouldn't necessarily be the mountain guide, but it'll definitely be some of the um, like the office staff or. The driver yeah. or someone like that they'll always be there to kind of communicate with the the locals for you in their in their language to find out what's going on um and then certainly the guys in the office in Kathmandu are very good and very yeah experienced in doing that as you can imagine um it does, it's not often that a bag will go on its own little mini adventure um but it does happen and when you send in a thousand people a year it's going to happen a couple of times a year those guys know what to do they know the routine yeah. um and generally speaking it's never it's never been a problem if it's like um, an internal flight, like a Lukla flight, yeah, it'll 100% be the guide that helps. Yeah, um, They'll be there looking out for you. And basically, when you do the Lukla flight, you're generally just all there. And you're like, the guide's like, okay, put your bags by there. And then you put your bag by there. And your guide says, okay, pick up your bags. And you pick your bag <laughs> up. Then your guide says, go over there. And you go, okay, go over there. So your guide will be directing you every step of the way. It's quite interesting, isn't it? I think if you're – the only thing I'd say, if you're arriving internationally – and you're having issues can be difficult to for someone to help you before you come out um just from a security point of view they, they don't let the guides in sometimes there's certain parts of the airport um you know some of the team have got yeah um, basically access passes which means sometimes they can get in it's not as possible um you know if you've got any issues coming in to the country and you're having issues and you haven't quite you haven't met your ever trek team yet um you know do go to the support desk and stuff but majority of the time yeah like like Dave said, the internal flights, you know, anything like that, um, you know, th those guys will be will be there to, to kind of manage me, uh, yes. manage yourself. Speaking, so of, reading, uh, speaking of amazing guides, uh, Namaste Nawang. Hey Nawang, uh, how you doing? Namaste. is one of our climbing guides. Um, yeah. In many summits of all the Himalayan peaks. <clears throat> um, yeah. He was on Island Peak earlier in the season. Uh, Nawang, legend he was, and. Um, uh, Nawang's customers um, have been in contact with me and said that he was absolutely amazing um, and they want to go back and climb Barunse. Um, That's right, yes. Yeah, specific. They said, oh, we want to go and climb Barunse, but we want Nawang to be our guide. <laughs> um, so Nawang uh, expects some uh, climb of Barunse very soon. Yeah, Barunse is a biggie, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah that, that, was that Merapeak crew? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, because we, we had a three summits on, on Merapeak, didn't we? Uh, it was, uh, earlier probably about six weeks ago seven weeks ago yeah yeah 
so mad, isn't it? Mad. Been, now I great to see you on. We've got, I think, no more groups going out this season now. I think there's about 25 yeah. people out there currently, um, and that's the last of the season. Then I'm going to go into Crazy. hibernation for three months, um, and then I'll come back out, and you'll see me again in September. Um, <laughs> and when you're talking about Nepal. Yeah, um, sorry, yeah, good point. Yeah, Killy season's just about to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, what was it? Amanda was asking, um, it's a really good question, actually. Uh, if you could try to compare Tukal to any UK mountain, which would it be? Hmm. Going next month, trying to be mentally prepare yourself. Um, yeah, it's difficult. If you've if you've done any, uh, especially now, what are we looking at? May. So by the time you go out in June, there might be some snow on top, which is crazy. Yeah. It, it will be warm down the bottom, um, as in on like the first day. Um, and Amanda, just remind us: are you are you on the eighth day or the four? Just I haven't I haven't got your your book in there. I mean. <clears throat> Just because there's, there's a few days you'll be relatively, I'd say easy, but it's just trekking on, on quite, you know, nice paths. Um, you know, you could probably say it's similar to Ben Nevis in terms of going up. In terms of when you're up, up top and, and when you're at the refuge climbing up the Tupcal, if you've got some winter conditions there, there's crampons, ice axe, which maybe you might because uh, the conditions are changing. Oh, she's on four day. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So when you go up the first day, uh, nice, easy. Imagine zigzags on um uh, on ben nevis very similar to that when you go up the summit side it's it's probably a bit steeper than ben nevis um maybe you could think of Helvellyn would be a good one uh, maybe thinking about it. it in terms of what it takes to get to the top sometimes I, I don't think there's a mountain that you can compare it to dave would you would you agree i would I mean, say in terms of <clears throat> physicality well, it's quite similar to sort of I think Ben Nevis was a good comparison in terms yeah. of the overall feel and time. Yeah. Um, and also, if there's no snow, the conditions quite rocky and, and, and loose and shaly is quite similar. Um, I would say Tupacal's steep, um, yeah, you know, steep, pretty yeah. much from the moment you leave the refuge to the summit, it's it's pretty steep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say sort of Ben Nevis, any big mountain that takes you quite a good few hours to get up and down, I'd say it would be good training. Um, yeah. And also some steep hills as well. I mean, I, I'm struggling to think of a mountain as steep for as long in the UK. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, either way, the four day is, it's a good trip. It's a, like, you'll love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough few days, tough few days. Yeah. But the guides, as a few of these people have been on, um, so Kim Lawley, he was there. Oh, hey, Kim. Um, yeah, so he might he might be able to give you some uh, inspiration as well. Kim was actually one of our one of our first people that we sent out after yeah. after COVID to do Tupacal. and um, yeah, he did it with uh, the same guys we did. Awesome. Honestly, you'll love it. But I would say, yeah. yeah, it's a big old long climb. So if you are able to do a big climb that can take sort of six seven hours for you to do, you know, something like Ben yeah. Nevis. Um, and something maybe a little bit shaly, um, a little bit scrambly in places. Yeah, that'd be that'd be probably a good comparison. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's it's hard because you know we travel these places and you're thinking, can I, you know, how, how can I almost imitate what it's going to be like? I think supercar is very hard because it's um, it, it's kind of brutal in terms of the, the amount of ascent you've got to do and descent within like 24 to 36 hours, especially on the four day. So <clears throat> just be prepared that after it, you're going to feel knackered. <laughs> mm. But it's great. Like when you when you actually, you know, the, the muscles have stopped aching and you're sitting down maybe with a coffee, you know, and you're thinking about what you've done, you, you'll feel awesome. But 
you know, it, try and enjoy it <clears throat> when you're in Marrakesh. It's great. Love that. Yeah. Um, you know, do do be careful. Uh, you know, watch your, your foot in. <clears throat> Sorry, Kim's mentioned there, Slippy coming down. Yeah, it can be, you know, your guides are with you. Um, they'll make sure that you're safe. Um, you know, like we talk about using local guides again. You know, they know the routes that you kind of use, but um, the, uh, the safest route. But do, um, yeah, do drink it all in. It's an amazing experience. It's such a great country. I've only been to Morocco a couple of times now, and I can't wait to go back. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's hard to explain why I think culture, the people are really friendly, really, really friendly. They can't do enough for you. Um, and plus, you know, the Atlas Mountains is, you know, you, it's mad because you can drive up to almost 2,000 metres, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then you're in the mountains. It's like, wow, we're here. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah, good luck as well. And uh, let us know you get on. Can't wait awesome. to see how you get on. Um, let's have a quick look. Karen Bardet. I got it right. Karen. Uh, tell everyone what you told you on the me. Weekend. <laughs> what, what did I tell? Oh, tell everyone what you told me about him. Which, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So generally speaking with that, with our team as well, like we're, we're very fond of all of our guides and all of the people yeah. that have worked for us. Um, so it, it goes without saying that we take, we take good care of them because we want to retain those um, yeah. good guides, you know, throughout the whole industry. Um, you know, they'll always be in demand by, you know, not, not just, you know, us, but other companies, we want to keep them. We want to keep them loyal. They're loyal to yeah. us. So yeah, we do our best to look out for them um, and make sure that their welfares are protected um, and their livelihoods are looked after and that they have guaranteed work. Yeah. Um, and also let's not forget what every single one of you guys did, you know, with strides yeah. for guides and the jackets for guides. Um, a little goes a long way over there. Um, COVID. So, uh, yeah, I saw, um, I saw the impact of what you guys did, you know, when it came to, um, you know, it wasn't just rice and food and fuel being provided. People's rent was covered in Kathmandu. Um, there was lots of stuff being done to help. Gas and fuel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Dave, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Like, yeah, you guys have been involved in that process as well. Like, you know, we've, COVID was nuts a couple of years and it was challenging for everyone, us included, everyone on here has gone through a mad time. But yeah, it was um, certainly tough for, 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 for the local teams that we do use in the countries because they don't really work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it is true. Like, yeah, you, you know, making sure those people are still there when we actually do start up again was, was key for us. Um, and we yeah. were so happy they are. And, you know, it's it's been better than ever. I mean, it's been mad because... You go from zero to a hundred. It's like, well, well, we got, we got our, there's this smaller details that you're kind of not used to doing. You're a bit rusty, and you know, um, yeah, we, we've we've had some things that were like, right, okay, next time now we know we got to do that again. And it's you know, most important for us guys is for you guys to have an amazing time, come back with lifetime memories. That's what we do. And um, is that your ever dog barking there? Or there? No, it's not. Penny doesn't bark really, unless there's, unless there's a postman at the door, and then she lets us know. Oh, yeah, but that yeah. is probably that's quite far away, and you can hear that. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I can't turn that one down. Good mic. It's Good mic. But yeah, that's probably <laughs> probably a few hundred meters away. That dog. No, nice. He's he's leg. Uh, he wants to be heard. I know he wants he wants to be on the live. We've always remember we had the bird in Marrakesh. Oh, he was that great. Wanted to be heard. <laughs> that little bird sort of tweeting away. Yeah, that was very cute, wasn't it? But um, just some more questions, Dave. Uh, what we got? We got about another 15 20 minutes just before we do go into question time. Um, 
obviously this weekend um finally me and dave come out of isolation uh but yeah we're at keswick mountain festival i know there's quite a few ever trackers that are going to come and see us anyway but yeah just to just to say we are there um we're there from uh, obviously friday to sunday we're there actually on thursday just to set up but we'd love to meet you to see you uh, if you want to come along to the store um yeah we're running another little competition at the event so yeah do come and join us always good to um to meet people in person uh you know obviously we love you know chatting with the community on here but it's always nice uh, to see you guys so yeah i know um some people like karen uh, mona coming along so yeah we look forward to to seeing you guys uh chris are you going to kendall mountain festival oh we've been thinking about kendall we're, we're we're not there we haven't booked in this year yet um to be honest kendall haven't approached us but we need we, we're at a few different places and uh, you know we've picked a couple of places that we kind of um you know that we've done like we usually do the adventure travel show in london it got kind of kicked this year um so we'll we'll be there but yeah we haven't done kendall yet i think uh, certainly because i've been there as a person i do really enjoy it i know it's a bit spread out but yeah well it's, it's one on the agenda we'll have to have a think about that one but yeah good thanks for bringing it up chris um but yeah it is good kendall isn't it you do get some 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 good speakers there definitely um, yeah bit of a different vibe to Keswick. Keswick's a bit more about um, the event side of things. Um, they do like three peaks challenges, you know, trail runs, swimming, all that stuff. Ken, I know Kendall's a little bit different, more on the the the, the kind of the films and, and the photos and, and speakers and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, they're both great. But Keswick, I don't know why I like Keswick. I think the outdoors, I, I love being in the outdoors and Keswick's is cool. But yeah, Chris, uh, I'll let you know on yeah. that one, mate. Let you know. Awesome. Um, uh, Dave, what's the next? So Jill Morrissey has said, how do you select your EVC guide? Hey, um, so, yeah, it's a good question. Generally speaking, our team in Kathmandu are the ones that actually do the um, the selection and the hiring. Um, they have a vast amount of experience in there, so already know a lot of really good guides. There is a set of criteria, so they have to be qualified. Um, yeah. They have to have good English skills um, and generally speaking they have a good amount of experience in terms of a lot of them start off as porters and then they work up to assistant guides and then they work up to guides um from there so yeah they have to be selected for, you know they like any job really they have to be fit for it in terms of their qualifications and then also there's that remember i mentioned earlier there was like that x factor we want guides with a bit of personality someone you know that can have a laugh with the guys and you know, do all the stuff that they're supposed to do and yet keep people entertained and educated. Yeah. And all the guides have different personalities. Like um, we've been lucky enough that I've met, um, you got Bibek, um, yeah. Padam, Balkuma, Nawang. There's loads of guys out there that we've met. Nima, you know, and they, they all bring a different something yeah. um, to there. So generally speaking, and, and one of the big things that I'm talking to Anuj is Anuj likes a team player yeah. so there are some you know he doesn't want a guide coming in thinking that they're the star of the show and they're the rock star he wants a guide who recognizes the effort of everyone above and below him so in and especially the porters because the guides all right they might be the star of the show but if the porters put the bag down and say we're not doing it trips over <laughs> you know yeah. Um, yeah. so one that respects everybody throughout the throughout there and if they kind of have that and they have the skills and the experience yeah. congratulations go move forever but um yeah exactly yeah. exactly i think 
you know, the experience, you know, certainly we lean on, on, on people like the news when we're selecting the guides because he knows them personally. Uh, we've got to know them personally, but he's known them for like 10, 15 years. You know, he knows their journey. Um, and I think one thing they're good on is, is bringing, bringing people up, you know, not just selecting the, the ones that, you know, from affluent families or whatever. They're, they're bringing them from porters and turning them into guides. And, you know, lots of the guides we have now, they, they've worked on, um, you know, Everest expeditions, uh, you know, like Choyoyu expeditions, Manaslu, yeah. Makalu, Kanchenyunga. Some of them work in, in, in other places um, outside of Nepal. Um, like some have worked on K2, uh, some have worked on Nanga Parbat, some have worked on like um, Peak Lenin, for instance. I think, think Nawang does. That's Nawang, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's there's obviously um, guides that, um, you know, vastly experienced and we lean on that experience. But Dave's right, like, yeah, when it comes to, it's not just about the guiding, it's it's, it's the, it's the, the all the, the ancillary stuff around it. So looking after the accommodation, you know, managing all the things that happen with the food, or managing things to do with the water, uh, managing the flights, you know, when it comes to getting the tickets and, and, and then organizing the bags, organizing the teams of porters. Yeah, there's so much that goes with it that's not just about saying that's that's Mount, you know, that, that that's Choyoyu over there, that's Cholatse, that's Everest. You know, it's more than, than just being like that. It's it's actually managing the whole um the whole shebang, if you like. Yeah. Um, which, you know, and, and yeah, they they've obviously become good at it over a long period of time. And yeah, the guides certainly are, um, you know, they're not, they're not normally new, yeah, put it that way. They're normally, they've been doing it a long time. You know, that, that being said, we do have some that come up and says, we think this guy is going to be great. Um, this is his experience. And then we'll, we'll obviously let them guide. Um, you know, we do that on rare occasions, but we, you know, we do want to, we don't want to stop people from coming into the guiding community. Um, yeah. You know, we want to always get those people in and experience. We, we do make sure that ever track level guides definitely uh, but good question um what's the next one dave um so um message from uh, ruben um yeah. so he's booked in for ebc i believe i remember rightly uh hi can oh, hey, uh, <coughs> choose which one is Ooh. better lasts longer and what to look for in a good pair so if we're talking nice. about ebc which you're booked on to i would always recommend a pair of hiking boots there's yeah. no rule. Some people are adamant about using boots. Some are adamant about wearing shoes. Personally, I think that a good pair of boots is, you know, what you what you're gonna need. Yeah. Um, the reason being is they're warmer. They provide more security around the ankle support and things like that. So if you're like Andy and you like to roll an ankle, um, <laughs> then you know they'll they'll keep you right. Um, it now what to look for depends a lot on your personal preference so everyone is uh they're waiting for it and they're waiting <laughs> i know so, um, it's all yeah. good dave i know there's a particular pair that you like to use yeah yeah so last yeah, it, yeah well yeah that's because i bought the last one you so <laughs> um, yeah so yeah it really does depend on what you want to use them for so if you just want a hiking boot there's no need for you to get like a b1 b2 b3 rated boot you can just get a normal flexible hiking boot and it's about the fit and the comfort i like a pair um they're these brown leather um and they're from a german make um called mendel bhutan um they're the best mendel bhutan mendel bhutan yeah never heard yeah. of them never wow. heard of them. no they're really good um and i've recommended them to quite a lot of people and i would say 99 percent of the people i recommend them to really love them as well yeah um, because they are a brown leather boot but they're good at the box they're comfortable 
um yeah so that's what i would that's what i use for hiking i recently bought a pair of las portivas which i'd never bought before because the first well i did buy one pair and they're a bit narrow so i yeah haven't bothered but then this pair that i've got recently i love them they're a b2 boot so they fit a crampon but they're comfy enough to hike in all day um so i use those as well um but yeah, yeah. they're good boots aren't they and, and, and we know they don't fit everyone you know they're not for everyone uh, <laughs> just I know it, it doesn't matter what we talk about on a live. We're, we're always going to be able to mention main body tans, aren't we? Um, yeah. It's going to be that's going to be have to, to go alongside. Are we live when it comes to things we must say on yeah. a live? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, they're certainly really good boots, and there's so many. You know, technology now is amazing across loads of different brands. You know, so have a little look out there. Um, you know, Scarpa, La Sportiva. Um, you've got Merrell. Um, you know, we're really good. I mean, even North Face. You know, North Face make really good boots. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're kind of fading them out a little bit. But the North Face um, Hedgehog GTX was was always one I wore on the first two or three times I went to Everest before I switched to to, to the Mandels and, and a couple of other brands. But you know, there's so many out there, it's, and it's hard because, especially the last two years, you haven't been able to go out there and, and try the boots on. But um, you know, sometimes you want to you want to have a little bit of a feel, and you get them delivered. And you wear around the house, but sometimes you never know until you're out on the path. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but so, hey, Simon, how's it going? Use Mainal Bhutan last month. EBC, well worth the money. Not a single blister in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly. I've never had a blister with the Mainal Bhutans. They are brilliant. Um, and Sophie, the same. Great stuff. Got. I wish we'd had a group photo of all those Mainals now. I know we should, we should do that one day. We should all like just uh, meet up at like a uh, training weekend, all line up all our mandals. But yeah, <laughs> I I do think they're great. I do think they're yeah, great. Yeah. I the only I, I struggle because I'm a size ten and a half, and I bought a ten and a half, and they fit absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Unless my feet swell a little bit, which can happen at altitude, and then they're a little bit tight. But I don't know whether an eleven would solve that problem. So I'm going to stick yeah, with what I got maybe um, the problem um, they're a bit expensive just to buy another pair to see if it works so i'm gonna what i might do is i might like wait till these mandles wear out um but they last years well they normally do and you know. well mine yeah i know yeah well i had some mileage on mine mine only lasted about three years but yeah they, they went through a lot it's not their fault um sophie was asking actually um hey sophie how you doing um yeah i got my eyes on k2 big base camp can't stop thinking about it um, is it much harder than EBC? So yeah, it's, it's it's very different to EBC in terms of where you are. So when you start the trek in Skardu, so you fly to Islamabad, go along to Skardu, um, and from there on, it's very remote. So you, you know you're walking um, uh, pretty much uh, up through the the Baltoro Glacier, you know, surrounded by you know you've got the, the Trango Tower, you've got Nagaparbat K2, Concordia. Like, yeah, it's very, um, very rugged, very remote, all camping. Um, obviously, whereas um, of Everest Base Camp, you're in tea houses. It's got a lot more infrastructure. So it's something to think about. But it is, you know, yeah, if, if that's what you're looking for. And, you know, yeah, you know, it's, in terms of altitude, um, you know, K2 Base Camp is just over 5,100 meters. You know, so you've already been higher than that. So in terms of the altitude, you, and it's, it is more gradual, I'd say, than the Everest Base Camp trip. You're trekking up to 5,100 meters, you know, pretty much over like 10, 11 days. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot more steady. So you, you won't feel the altitude as much as you would say on the Everest Base Camp trip. 
Um, but yeah, it's absolutely amazing. If you know trekking in in the Karakoram is something on your bucket list, and seeing K two is on your bucket list, go for it, mate. It's, yeah. it's a great trip. I think it's one of the most striking places in the world in terms of just um, you know the yeah. towers, you know these freestanding mountains yeah. kind of line the way. Um, yeah, awesome trip. <clears throat> I don't think anyone put, put it this way, Sophie. If you went to EBC and enjoyed it, you'll love K yeah. two. Don't even think about it. Just crack on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Sophie's got Sophie's got Killy to do first, anyway, so she'll uh, she'll she'll love that. She'll love it. Bit of a different trip to base camp. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, you're not going through villages or anything. You're you're literally attacking the mountain. Sounds like a bad word, but you are there to, to go from camp to camp to camp to get on. You know, to get on the summit. Yeah, all about the summit. But the you know the the seven days it takes you to get there is amazing. Can you hear um, these birds, by the way? No, no. Oh. They're going that sounded like now. someone whistling. Yeah, we. Um, I bought some mealworms the other day because you know, being in uh, COVID, uh, the garden that's like TV now. Um, so I literally <laughs> um, had the mealworms and put a pile of them outside. Carnage, yeah. absolute carnage. <laughs> the, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, but look, yeah, just going through. Is that all the questions, Dave? Sorry, yeah, that was just a little anything. aside about the birds mate, in my garden there, mate. You know. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we're pretty much. Uh, actually, no. Rebecca has asked how much do should you uh, give to each of the porters? Um, oh, okay, good question. Should, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah, we recommend ten percent of the cost yeah. um, of the trip is a is a is a good round amount to offer as a tip. Um, yeah. Now, with regards to the breakdown, it kind of depends on how many people are in your group and how yeah. many of the and how many there are that you're going to be given to. Generally speaking, what you want to do is follow this sort of routine. So, put everything together in a pile, um, and then. The guide gets the the most, assistant guide slightly less, porters yeah. then slightly less. There's no fixed amount for each tier, so I, I, yeah. I couldn't say 40% for the guide, you know, and then work your way down. Yeah. So what, what we and Andy generally do is we sit there and we say, okay, right, well, if we give this much to the guide, that much to the assistant, the porters get this much. And then we think, okay, well, let's give the porters a little bit more, so we'll take a little bit off the guide, a little bit off the thing, spread that yeah. out. And then you'll get an amount that feels right. Um, so generally, that's how we do it. Um, but if everyone's giving ten percent, um, and you don't want to do that, worst case scenario, you can just give it to the guide. So you can just say, "Listen, we don't really want to break this down. This is for you and all your team. Can you share it out?" And they'll they'll help you with that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those, isn't it? Because well, they will do it sometimes. It's um, but it is. again because because of the culture in Nepal, and this is where like every trip's different. Like in Tanzania. You know they you know sometimes it's similar you, you can you can divvy it out okay that's map for the guide that map for the assistant guides that map for the porters sometimes you can give it to the guide they'll do it i'd say it's culturally different in nepal in terms of you know it's, it's always generally that they'll they'll feel awkward if you give it to them and they're like oh no how much do i give to people whereas if if you can find um you know a leader in the team or you know um just one of you in the team Kind of take ownership and say okay i'll, I'll organize this and count it out and stuff um, and it's a nice thing to do some people you know they can get some envelopes from one of the stores there and do it sometimes it's just nice at the end just to sort of you know um say you know okay you've got your guide say if it was bal and say okay bal and then they give him the, the the kind of money and it's like everyone claps and cheers if it, you know, everyone's drinking beer or having having a yak steak after not eating meat for, for 10 days you know there's um it, you know, we wish when we said, right, okay, do do it this way, um, and 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 it kind of would, it would work like that every time. And I think hopefully, you know, like 
even if Rebecca, you take ownership for it from the team if you want to, and all that. You know, there's usually someone on the team is like, okay, I'll do that, and then you can kind of help and say, okay, what about if we? What, what do you think about this? What feels right? I think, Dave, what you said about what feels right is a really good way to do it, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, you know, because tips has always been a question that's popped up the last like six years for us, five six years. It's one that um, you know is is great, and you know the guides. You know, because none of it is compulsory. They're more like culturally expected is what we kind of label it as, because especially in Nepal um, and Tanzania, even at the same with um, Morocco, you know, that it's culturally expected to get tips, even though in the UK we're not used to doing it, are we? Uh, you know, on like general day-to-day -day life. Yeah. <clears throat> but in Nepal, yeah. even like the drivers and people that carry the bags, they're always, that, that that's, again, just, just on their culture. Yeah. But it's... Uh, yeah, it, it, it is always going back to that initial thought of, you know, remembering what they do for you, remembering, you know, they've, they've almost enhanced your experience. You know, they've, again, we go back to what we're talking at the beginning about, like, why we use local guides, you know, and, and these guys make the difference between having a good trip and having a great trip and between not reaching base camp or not getting the summit of Killy and doing so. Um, that's a good question to finish on, I think, Dave. That's a, that's a really... Yeah, Dave, you got any final thoughts about today? It's quite it's a, been a nice subject to talk about, isn't it? Uh, no, no, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I, do you know what? I, I should prepare a final thought. I should start thinking. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? A, a minute ago, my mind, I a thought popped in, and this is totally random and irrelevant, but I might share it anyway. When I was okay. in Morocco, do you remember when I went into that shop and bought some water, and then when I left, the guy was chasing me down the street from the shop and there was a couple of people in the street like calling me and I yeah. thought oh god like I haven't paid him enough he thinks I've stolen from him yeah and there was about three or four people like guiding me back to the shop so I walked back into the shop and the guy handed me money he had changed <laughs> you exactly yeah, yeah, you know, bad, right? yeah. For you. honestly and I was like I mean, that was and I, walked away, as well, I was it? like oh god I thought I'd just stolen some water accidentally and I was gonna get a, 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 a telling off and then when I got there there was some to and fro, so I grabbed a guy from the street and I said, "Can you ask him how much I owe him?" And he it got really confusing between the three of us. We <laughs> like this conversation, and then eventually the guy I think he got a bit annoyed and he just like handed me some money and went, "That's yours, go." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> amazing, amazing, yeah. love it! I love those conversations. <laughs> All part of traveling, isn't it? But great yeah, stuff, exactly. lovely day. All right, well, look, um, yeah, thanks. Uh, great to be back uh, this week." Um, yeah, great to, to catch up with you all. Um, you know, anything you need, do reach out. Um, I know I, I saw some someone asking about booking in calls and things. I know some of the team are picking those up. Um, I think people have got some calls booked in this afternoon, which is great. Always great to talk about your adventures. Um, yeah, and anything you need, guys. Any any suggestions as well? I know we, you know, we, we've got a lot in store over the next uh, couple of months. But if there's anything that you think, okay, guys, I'd love to you guys to chat about this. Um, just ping us a message or. Maybe put in the um, the high altitude ever trackers. Maybe start a conversation around it, and um, yeah, and we can talk about that and hopefully do a Tuesday tune in on it. But yeah, thanks, Dave. Great to be back, mate. And I'll see you tomorrow. I've just been said it's like Jerry Springer's final thought, so I'll leave it with, okay, guys, and um, uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Is that what you used to say? That's what I used to say. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> Jerry Springer. Good job. There's no fights and arguments in the background. That was the area. Great stuff. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, try to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye.